did you see yourself in the video? I definitely saw a few family members. No names to be named. But, uh, you know, I definitely saw some people in my family that were in that video. But just a, a fun way to, one, in, incorporate our kids because they watch videos in their service and they like to laugh a little bit. So they have fun today. But also to talk about how every single one of us experience Christmas differently. And so often, the way we experience Christmas, you know, from one year to the next, it really uh, drives us to move further and further away from the real reason for Christmas. Presents are great. Uh, celebrating, singing, lights, all the things that, uh, that Christmas incorporates are wonderful. But we need to remember the real reason for Christmas, which is, the, is Jesus coming to earth so that he could die on the cross for our sins. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. You know, uh, for me, Christmas is a time for singing, like we talked about last week. But Christmas is also a time where I get to go outside in the front yard of my house and I get to put up what? Christmas lights. Exactly. You know, I personally love putting up Christmas lights in the front yard, as you can tell by my facial expressions. It's one of my least favorite things to do. I don't like putting up Christmas decorations in the front yard. That's all we have is blow-ups this year because Dad was like, all we're doing, we're just plugging in. That's it this year. We're plugging in and we're just letting it, you know, uh, illuminate itself. But many years in the past, we would put up Christmas lights, you know, never like the over-the-top over Christmas light guy in, in the video. But a number of years back, I decided, okay, this is something I don't like doing, but I'm going to go all out this year. I'm going to do as much lights as I can possibly do. We were living in California at the time. We had lived in this house. It was our first Christmas in the house that we were living in, that we were renting. And I thought, this would be a great house. It's beautifully set up out front. It would be a great house to, to put up lights. So I put up lights all down the, uh, the front yard, like the sidewalk leading up to the door, and put it over the door. And then I actually went up on the ladder like my dad growing up, and I put all the lights, like the little hooks over the, uh, in, in the gutters, like all in the front of, of the house. And then there was kind of this two parts to the house. There was the, the front roof, then there was a roof even on top of that. And I thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get on the roof, and I'm going to put lights up on the very top of this house. So I get on the ladder. I get the lights. I get up on the roof. And as I go to put the first light up, my foot just slips, and I just land face first on the roof. And I thought, I'm not doing this because this is not worth my life. Now, other people may think it is, but I don't. So I'm done. I was like, nope, that's it. I'm never putting those lights up there again. But Christmas is a season for lights. It's a season for singing. It's a season for lights. Now, why do we put up lights at Christmas time? And there's all kinds of reasons people put up lights at Christmas time, but as believers, the reason we put up lights at Christmas time is to represent that Jesus is the light of the world. Every year we do a candle lighting service, which we're doing today, and we'll light candles at the end. And all of this is about representing that Jesus is the light of the world. Well, what is the light? What happens? What do we say there's light at the end of the what? The tunnel, which represents hope. That's what light represents. Jesus is the light of the world, meaning he is the hope of the world. When you're in a dark tunnel and you're walking, you cannot see the end. As soon as you see the light, what that does is that allows you to fix yourself on the future hope because you can see the hope in front of you. That's what the lighting uh, of Christmas trees is all about. That's what the lighting of our houses is all about. That's what lighting candles at Christmas time is all about, to represent that there is hope in Jesus. Without Jesus, there is no hope. But with Jesus, there 
is hope. In Luke chapter 2, we see the Christmas story. We read some of that last week where the angels appeared to the shepherds and they talked about how Jesus came and that he was born in a manger. And today, we're going to talk about what happens after Jesus was born uh, and then he was taken into the temple. And then there's this man named Simeon who's been watching, who's been waiting eagerly for the hope of the world to arrive. But before we do that, let's watch this little video about how Jesus came. That's exactly how it happened. Exactly, word for word. I thought that'd be fun to watch. You know, uh, Jesus was born, laid in a manger. A few days later, in Jewish tradition, they would take the baby and they would take them to the temple. So they took Jesus to the temple. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, we see at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God. See, Simeon was watching and waiting eagerly for the Messiah to come. He was watching and waiting eagerly for the light. And when he saw Jesus, when he saw the light, the hope of the world, he began to praise. And this is what it says in verse 29. This is Simeon's song of praise, his prayer of praise. Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. See, Simeon knew something that we should all remember at Christmas time that it is important to watch for the light. He was eagerly waiting for the light of the world, he was eagerly waiting for Jesus. Now, practically, we can go through the Christmas season and we can talk all about Jesus uh, at church, you know, and we can open presents and maybe you read the Christmas story when you open presents, maybe you don't. We can go through this whole season and not really be physically, actively watching for Jesus working around us. So this morning, I just have four encouragements to each of us during the Christmas season. The first encouragement is to be like Simeon and to watch for the light. Throughout this season, when you're at work with your coworkers, watch for the light. Watch for Jesus moving. It could be someone simply being kind to someone else. It could be through the eyes of a child, you know, giving a gift. Or when you go shopping, uh, you know, for your family members, one of your kids says, well, I want, I want to give this gift. And you can say, man, that's Jesus at work in their heart, you know, spurring on generosity. To watch for Jesus uh, in your household, to watch for Jesus in your neighborhoods, or even when you're out just in the community, seeing other families to watch for Jesus moving. I bet if throughout this season we begin to watch with our physical eyes for Jesus to be moving, God will open up our spiritual eyes and we'll begin to see Jesus working all around us. You know, a number of years ago, uh, we served at a church in Colorado and every summer we had this huge vacation Bible school. Like eight or 900 kids would come to this vacation Bible school every summer. And one of the things that the leader, uh, Jonathan Bernard, a really good friend of mine, would do is he talked on the first day about God's sightings. And he would teach the kids how to watch for God. He'd say, have you had any God sightings today? 
And then day two, uh, after we talked about God sightings, he would ask out in the crowd, have you seen any God sightings? And to hear these five-year-olds, these 10-year-olds raise their hand and say, I saw this beautiful cloud in the sky and that was God. And to see Jonathan just reinforce, you were seeing God's creation at work. And then to see, oh, I saw uh, Christopher, he gave, you know, his spot in line to, to Jonathan, you know, and he was like, that was God at work. And through the eyes of kids, we would see that they'd begin to, whenever they watched for God, they would see God. I think so many times we go through the busyness of life, the busyness of this season specifically, and we can go the entire Christmas season, and if we're not actively watching, we just don't see all that God is doing around us. My encouragement to us this season is to be like Simeon, to watch for Jesus. From now until January 1st, each day, wake up and think, say, today I'm going to watch for Jesus working around me. And just, I would love to hear reports back. You know, I'm not going to raise our hands like we did in Vacation Bible School. Maybe we should. Maybe we should just throw it back to Vacation Bible School next week. We'll have you raise your hands. Probably not. But uh, I want you to watch for the light. One of the things that um, we begin to see is not only Jesus working in the people that know Jesus, but I think we'll begin to see Jesus working on people who don't even know him yet. See, Jesus is always pursuing those who don't know him yet. And if we watch for it, we open our eyes, our physical eyes and our spiritual eyes. We used to sing this song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. You guys remember that, like back in the day? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, because I want to see you. There's a profound song, really, he's saying, God, open the eyes, my spiritual eyes, open the eyes of my heart, because I really want to see you working around me. I want to encourage you to watch for the light. My next encouragement for you is to experience the light. You know, Simeon went uh, to the temple, and, and he saw Jesus, and he immediately knew this is the Messiah. This is the Messiah. I think sometimes we get going so fast in life that we don't take moments to stop and just experience God. You know, we can know all about God mentally. We can experience God 50 times in the past, but sometimes I think we can go weeks and months without truly experiencing the grace, the love of God. Psalms 16 verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life, you will fill me with joy in your presence. Your Christmas is a season for joy, but where does true joy come from? God's presence. See, uh, David's saying, if I get into the presence of God, I'm going to experience joy. When I experience God, I'm going to experience joy. When we experience the light, when we experience God. See, sometimes our faith in Jesus is simply a mental understanding and it's not an experience. We don't even expect to experience Jesus. We expect to learn about him. When we read scripture, we can expect to just learn more facts about Jesus or learn about him, but we don't encounter that uh, scripture time, or we don't approach that scripture time. Oftentimes, we don't approach our worship together as an experience with Jesus. I'm going to sit down with with my Bible. I'm going to go into time of prayer. I'm going to come to the gathering of the family of God in church, and today I'm going to allow Jesus to come into my heart, my mind, my soul, my life, and I'm going to experience him. Because when we experience Jesus on an emotional, experiential level, it sticks with us. You know, there are uh, scriptures that I know 
you know, that I could mem- I've memorized and I could spout off all kinds of scriptures that have changed my life. I mean, really, like verses that have changed my heart have changed my life. But I can also point back to specific experiences in my life where I knew that God was speaking to me, that God was coming over me, that the Holy Spirit was coming upon me, and I experienced him. It's important to have both. We can't just experience Jesus and not have the knowledge, the theology of Jesus, but we can't also just have the knowledge and not have the experience. So I want to encourage you throughout this season to slow down, When you begin to watch for Jesus and you see Jesus working around you, maybe you see Jesus working through you, I encourage you through the season to slow down and take some time to experience Jesus. Practically, that might be just, you know, uh, retreating away from the family and the noise and getting alone in a room and just spending some quiet, silent moments with Jesus. It may be being fully engaging with the family and experiencing Jesus together as a family, my encouragement is to watch for the light and to experience the light. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Now, following Jesus is an experiential uh, thing. It's an experiential action. Jesus doesn't say, just know that I'm the light of the world. He doesn't just say, you know, just believe that I'm the son of God. I mean, James even says, well, even the demons know that Jesus is the son of God. Even they believe that and they shudder in fear. He says, no, you've got to follow me. Follow me. You know, I'm going this way, and I want you to follow me. It's an experiential action, following Jesus. So walk in the light, or watch for the light, sorry, and experience the light. The next thing I want you to do, I'm going to encourage you, is to talk about the light. Now, when I say talk about the light, probably those of us who've been in church for a long time, you instantly are going to think that I'm just going to talk about sharing the gospel with people who don't know Jesus. And yes, we should do that when the time comes. But I'm not talking about that today. What I'm talking about this morning is talking about Jesus with your friends, with your family, with your kids, with your spouse who already know Jesus. I think sometimes we just rely on the church gathering to talk about Jesus, and we don't sit around the dinner table and just talk about Jesus. I mean, we've been through this in our lives. Many times we'll go days, if not weeks, where we haven't just even talked about what Jesus is doing in our life, talked about what Jesus has done in the past. My encouragement to you through this Christmas season is to talk about Jesus. How many times in the past week, you don't don't answer this out loud or raise your hand or anything, but how many times in the past week did you simply talk about Jesus. Did you talk about him with your spouse, with your friends, with your kids, with your neighbors, coworkers? Not, and I'm not talking, be clear, I'm not talking about how many times you shared the gospel last week. How many times did you just simply talk about Jesus last week? How many times did you talk about God? And this is what he's doing in me. This is what he's done. I'm so grateful for this. I'm thankful for that. You know, I was reading scripture and this kind of came to my mind or, or this is what I was thinking about. I was listening to this podcast and this happened. You know, how many times are we talking about Jesus? Throughout this season, let's talk about Jesus a little bit more. There's so many other things that fill our time and our schedule during this Christmas season. We got Christmas parties to go to or if you have kids like mine that go to Christmas parties, you have Christmas parties to drop your kids off at and then pick them up later at while you go home and not party. But uh, throughout the season, it's busy we got so much going on. We're buying gifts. We're traveling here. We're planning meals. We're going to that party, going to this thing, going to that thing. 
wrapping up work. You know, some of us, it's the end of the year, so like we're wrapping up all the stuff by the end of the year, uh, you know, finances and all that kind of stuff and all the busyness of this season. I want to encourage you to slow down and talk about Jesus. The whole reason for Christmas is Jesus, so let's talk about him. Let's spend some time. And sometimes whenever we think about this idea of I'm going to talk about Jesus, we overcomplicate it. Like we overcomplicate it like, mm, I have to come up with something really profound to say because if it's not really profound, then no one's going to think it's important. Talking about Jesus doesn't have to be profound at all. It can be as simple, simple and elementary as it gets. You know, there are times where I've heard my kids, or we were youth pastors for a long time, other kids say the, the most simple and the most elementary thing about God. And it was so powerful to me. And it wasn't profound and like there's this theological revelation. It was just, man, Jesus, he's just really cool. Yeah, he is really cool. And let's never forget, Jesus is not boring. Like, he's really cool. You know, a number of years ago, uh, there was a young kid that just said, yeah, yeah, sometimes at school I go into the bathroom stall and pray. Is that okay? I remember thinking, like, what a wonderful, what a wonderful thing for a child to say, I'm just going to go and I'm going to pray in the bathroom because I, I think I want to be with Jesus a little bit. And it, it just warmed my heart. Talk about Jesus, you don't have to overcomplicate it or make it, you know, super fancy. Just talk about him. Talk about the light. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Paul writes, so encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. Encourage each other and build each other up. One of the greatest encouragements to your faith is going to be hearing other people talk about their faith. One of the greatest encouragements you can offer to someone and their faith is to talk about your faith. Just to talk about Jesus. We're to be encouraging each other and building each other up in the Lord. Not only do we watch for the light, I encourage you to experience the light. I really encourage you to talk about the light. But throughout the season, I encourage you to carry the light. To carry the light of Jesus around. Jesus is the hope of the world. That's what light is. Light represents so we're to carry the hope of the world around with us everywhere we go. Now, we're about to go into our candle lighting portion of the service, and that's what this entire thing is about. That Jesus came to the earth, he came to the darkness, and he brought light. When Jesus came to the world, when he was a baby and he was laid in, in that manger, he was the light of the world. What happened is there was, there was spiritual darkness, and then he brought a light. And the reason we light candles is to represent that Jesus is the light that illuminates the darkness. But then what we do is we each have a candle, and then we go around and we share that light with others. And as soon as we receive the light from someone else, what we do is that represents that now I'm going to carry this light. I'm going to carry this hope. I'm going to carry this light everywhere that I go. I'm going to carry this light of hope into that family dinner that I'm dreading attending. I'm going to carry this light of hope and joy on that Christmas morning when the kids wake up at 3 or 4 a.m. because they're ready to open presents and all you want to do is go back to sleep. I'm going to carry this light of hope when I go to that work Christmas party that I don't even want to be at because it's 7 o'clock at night and my bedtime's at 8.30 and I don't even want to be here. I'm going to carry that light. I'm going to carry this light of hope. 
when I drive to Target on Saturday afternoon in December in Trustville. Can I hear an amen, someone? My goodness. It is insanity. Our daughter's learning to drive. I don't mean to throw it under the bus, but she's like, can I drive today? I was like, no, we're going to Target on a Saturday in December. You are not driving today. It is going to get crazy. And then we got there, and I was trying to turn left out of it. And she goes, yeah, it's a good thing I wasn't driving. I would have freaked out. It's like, oh, yeah, it's crazy town. We're going to carry the light of hope and joy during this season. So what we're going to do is I'm going to invite you to stand with me this morning. Brooke is going to come and have her candle uh, lit, and then he